Welcome to About the Winelands. In this show, we'll be chatting to leaders, influencers, wine producers, restaurants, winelands businesses, and other role players. Tune in every Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday for our latest episodes. You will find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram TV, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Good day, everyone, and welcome back to About the Winelands. Today, I'm speaking to Philip Mayberg of um, the Mayor. Welcome, Philip, to um, About the Winelands. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Well, it's such a pleasure talking to you. I mean, I, I, I've been to you. I've been to your place, which is absolutely beautiful. And, um, you know, I've always uh, thought it would be great to actually interview you. So can you tell us a little bit of the history? I mean, you're the fifth generation Mayberg on your, on your farm. Tell us a bit of your history and, um, you know, yeah, yourself, yourself also, yeah, you got involved in the wine industry and of uh, the Maya. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I always say fifth generation to be farming in the area because I'm not, part of the farm is part of the old family farm, but as most family farms, pieces were you know, different family members took over different sections and some were added on, etc. But let's say farming in Wildersley, fifth generation. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's, let's say where we are now, the part where the, the cellar is, that was added on in 1980. My father did that. Um, and um, my cousin's farm next door to me at Justenburg and uh, which is very nice to have fam and there's a lot there are a lot more family members in the area which is one is rather lucky having um being in the same area for a long time for a long time and farming with family next door um, and there are also friends that are other families not not related that have been farming in this area the starks the cedar walls also for a few generations so there is quite a connection in the area well, that's awesome. Have you always been farming um, with vines? The, the farms, like most farms in the past, were very mixed. We've only been solely vineyards for the last, I'd say, 15 years. When I, uh, probably not. Every now and then we plant vegetables, etc., but not on a large scale. Um, we do have lavender, which we, is also not on a large scale. But um, before that, the farming was very mixed in this area. There was a lot of always vineyard but with say dairy vegetables uh, fruit trees you pretty much cattle and uh, chickens pigs so whatever <laughs> and, and sheep whatever you can think of they farmed with um, I think my father farmed with everything whenever he thought of a new idea he started farming with it which is probably wasn't the best thing to do but um, because you couldn't, you know, it's a bit of a jack of all trades in the end, you know, you, you should focus on a few things, I think. Um, that's what we thought. Um, but then you have a look at the other point of view and you think have all your eggs in one basket. I don't know. So I don't know what the answer is. So, um. I think that answer has changed a lot now. There's a lot of people that focus on the tourism industry in the old business and um, never thought that the worldwide tourist industry would come to a standstill. So, you know, that all the eggs in yeah. one basket series has been, been tested severely in, you know, with what we have. Yeah, in the you, you're right. Um, I think 
up until sort of two weeks, a week, or sorry, a week before they announced we were going into lockdown, let's say for Demea, our most stable income was the, call it the hospi hospitality side. Um, whereas when I say hospitality, cellar and uh, restaurant and uh, venue income. And within 10 days, that was non-existent. That's uh, amazing. You know, yeah. So, um, unfortunately, you have, a, you have a bit of a diversified business. business, And um, I'm interested to hear more about the lavender. I mean, you're bringing a bit of France into, into South Africa. Mm -hmm. So, um, um, did you start um, um, uh, cultivating the lavender? And um, actually, what I'm interested in is where do you actually sell this? Yeah. We, so the lavender, we started off just planting lavender for oil. And um, my thinking was uh, probably close to 20 years ago now. It's always remained small. It's never, my idea was that if you're farming, that you could add value, that you could make products with your lavender, with, with the lavender oil, added to different things, uh, which quite honestly I haven't done. Um, so we've just been selling the oil to a few health shops and from the farm. And my thinking was as well, wine is very expensive to move around to, to if you have it to courier it somewhere, it's costly. Lavender in a 10 mil bottles is, it's very affordable to move around. It's also high value. So if you're looking at the same volume of lavender oil and the same volume of wine, you sort of can't compare it. It's, um, it's very, it's very valuable. So, I also thought it's um, it was something different to do. Although there are a few farms that have it now, so we're not unique. Um, oh yeah, and then a few years ago we started planting a different variety, which we sell as cut flowers. So that's a lot simpler. We we just we started last week. Um, we pick and bunch, and we sell it just very much locally to in Stellenbosch Paul to the uh, few shops, uh, delis, etc., um, And that's a, it's kind of a nice extra business to have, particularly in the winter. And it's also something if we, if we're dropping off wine, it's very easy to, at, in Stellenbosch, it's very easy to have a bit of lavender, a few lavender bunches in the vehicle and doing that at the same time. It doesn't, you know, they work well together. Yeah, so that's interesting. So, I mean, your, 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 like you said, your hospitality business, Tell us a little bit about that. You have a restaurant called The Table. I've, I've been there. It's very, very nice. And then um, what, what type of events and stuff do you actually host? So, so when I say hospitality, it's the, the, table, the, the table restaurant doesn't belong to us. It doesn't belong to the May, although it, it is on the May. It belongs to Brendan and Lee. Um, they took over the restaurant in September last year. Um, and it's been going for nine years, over nine years now, um, excluding this period when the, when the, with this funny period we're going through at the moment, but it's been going for over nine years. Um, and when you ask, so what other events? Yeah, I mean, I do do events. What, what else do you offer there when, you know, at the farm? Oh. So besides the restaurant, we've got uh, the old dairy has been turned into a, a venue which we have we host uh, weddings any kind of we've had uh, weddings we've had birthdays any kind of celebration small seminars uh, conferencing um, you know uh, we 
and we plan to do a few music events as things open up for the summer. How popular is um, live music in the wine um, areas? I think it's a, if you can get it right, it, it, it's a, it, it is rather popular if you can do it where you have a space where it where you've we'd start sort of in the late afternoon or in the afternoon on, on a lawn, on the grass with food and light sort of picnic style food. Um, I think that's quite popular. And it will go uh, on until sunset, but not much later because I, I, I get to the idea that people don't really want to go out too late um, when they've got a drive. I think you're right. I think it's, it's harder to, if you're going, if you, if your hours are later, later at night, it's harder to get a, a big enough crowd to make it a viable event. Um, and, you know, you see, a lot of people don't like to drive out and or drive back when it's dark. You know, you know, the countryside, they know street lights, et cetera, et cetera, and you get people complaining. Well, um, at least you're not far from Stellenbosch. So in case um, of, a venue, of, of a wedding and stuff like that, do people then stay over nearby? We have a list of about um, 10 or 12 guest houses in the area with, within an 8k radius but often we find people say it's close enough you don't have to stay over you see people arriving with shuttles with uber etc and you never know how many cars are going to come you you some of the, some of the larger weddings i've always been surprised that sometimes it's even fewer cars and the other weddings because they people do carpooling or share lifts um, or, or the shuttles so you never really know um, but it means we're close enough to other you know we're close enough to Stellenbosch Park, northern suburbs they're just around the corner oh that's great so um pull up your wines um who's your winemaker at the mayor okay so at the moment uh, francois hosbrook so at the moment so francois hosbrook's a winemaker and he um we we Francis is an old friend of mine, and we do sort of a ca collaboration, probably for lack of a better word. So he still makes his own wine, and um, under the name Blackwater. So we offer him the facility. So he uses our winery; he's based here, makes his wine, and then he makes our wine for us as well. Um, it just, and it, yeah, I think it. it I suppose it's a different way of doing it. It doesn't work for everybody to do it that way, but for me, it works for us. Um, for now, yeah. So the philosophy that goes into the winemaking, what what would you say is the is the main thing that you guys look at? I think, um, yeah. So Francois done his second vintage here. I would say our approach has changed. Um, quite a bit from previously and uh, we are let's say the first red wine that we've that's solely Francois wine let's put it that way um, under Francois is our 2019 Syrah which is it's a it's unwooded it's um, which is quite different for that's interesting yes lots of fruit I, I don't. I don't know how else to. Just, just, I don't know how else to explain it. So it's lots of fruit. It's juicy. It, to me, it just. It's a diff completely different style. We call it Syrah as opposed to Shiraz, which in the past we always referred to as Shiraz. It's a complete different style, but it just seems to work so well, and it's just been selling so well. 
So is this also a fact that you could, um, this is, uh, you, you don't have to wait to drink it. It's, it's easily drinkable at a younger age. That's one of the yep. reasons. Exactly. Uh, and that's, I think, and that's what we want. We, you know, we, uh, you, yeah, that's exactly what we want. We want to produce wines in that style. Um, we still have a Cabernet, which will spend, uh, Cabernet just takes a lot longer to be ready. Um, it spends time in barrel, etc. But I um, have been most surprised at how this wine turned out. And that's the way Francois does it. And it, to me, I'm, we are very happy with what, what he's done there. Well, that's interesting. Do you find that the market is changing, you know, with younger people? I mean, especially millennials seem to be more, um, you know, uh, less interested in, in the older style of winemaking and looking for something different. I think you're right. Um, I'm definitely not a millennial, but even I'm. <laughs> um, no, I think you're right. It's definitely like that. And um, I was listening to a talk the other day when there, and it was American, three American uh, people that um, Americans are based in very big wineries and they're the communication. And you know, they were just saying that millennials also because there, there was an article quite recently saying that millennials are the biggest threat to the, to the, to the wine industry from the point of view that they're not interested in wine or uh, not, you know, the, the, they're not, they haven't taken to wine like the former generations have. Uh, I suppose there's just too much choice. But what they also said was with uh, millennials, you, you, you don't try and fool them, be honest about it. If it's, you know, don't if it's a, if you have a virtual cellar or virtual winery don't pr pretend it's there is actually you know you tell them it's a brand that you buy in and you do this and you do that um you don't have to tell them it's on the highest peak the coolest vineyard um etc etc you know be honest with them and uh, that's what they're after honesty truthful you know being the truth um i think i'm going off the topic there no, you're not, because I think also, I mean, part of that truth is, is things like sustainability and biodiversity and even people looking at things like vegan wines and stuff like that, which is, you know, is the trend. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was listening to a thing, I'm trying to think of his name now, the, 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 um, the, the boss of uh, Patagonia, the clothing company, I was listening to an interview with him. Mm -hmm. And... And he spoke of, I think I've got the word right, regenerative, regen, regenerative agriculture, as in where everybody, everybody's talking about, um, um, they're saying, you know, these, everything is organic and blah, blah, blah. But it also sometimes at a cost. Um, it's also about, yes, organic, but building up, building up the soil. You know, often there's still topsoil dust, even that you're growing things organically and et cetera, et cetera. But it, so you've got to go a step further and, uh, you know, keeping, you know, just putting back more and more than just, I don't think organic is enough. Not that we're organic, but we like the idea. It's a process that we'll go work towards. Um, but you can still build up your, your soil in the meantime. Well, that's interesting. I also think that, you know... Um, I don't know if I'm making sense. <laughs> no, it does. Uh, but I think, I think that the Cape Winelands have a huge advantage in that 
you know, um, um, if you go to like the, the big European wineries, it's almost like a production factory, you know, in terms of they're making huge volumes and it's not necessarily as um, like tourism friendly as we are in the Western Cape. And it gives us a major advantage because people will still go for the experience, even if they drink a little bit less wine, um, they're still going to drink, a, you know, they're still going to buy some wine, but they're also going to um, experience the environment and all the other things that you can offer in a diversified offering of tourism. Um, as a lifestyle rather than just, you know, buying wine and taking it home. Yeah. I, you know, I haven't, I, I'm almost embarrassed to say I haven't visited enough wine regions of the world to see other, you know, to, to give a good answer on, on that. But I, I as in, if there are, we're not the only place with um, smaller wineries. And you, you, you see many countries with smaller and even smaller than the average one over here, I guess, um, which somehow they seem to, they somehow seem to stay afloat. I don't know how they do it. I don't know if it's the European or subsidies that they get, but it's that fine line about being large enough, small enough, but that it, that it works. You want to end up being, you know, you don't want to just be small that you got to sell at super high prices because you just, yeah, to me that's also not right. Yeah, it's also not like you say sustainable over time. Talking about prices yeah. and and stuff like that, what do you guys have um, about uh, on? Um, do you have any specials at the moment? You know, with this whole situation that's going on, that that you would like to tell us about? We, yeah, we have been doing case specials, um, and we changed that. If you come and collect you know, a full case or something, we, we, we have a far better price. We'll give you free it's delivery also, if you come and collect, right? Uh, and, and sorry, and we do it directly. <laughs> yeah. I'm just joking. And, and uh, yeah, we, so we do, we, we, that changes weekly because uh, you know, we've had, a, there's been a mad rush as with everybody, I think, with, as soon as the things opened up. So our stock levels are a bit, we are a stock with quite a few wines, but we're bottling again next week. So mm -hmm. I can't tell you exactly what, because next week we'll have, probably, or the week after next, we'll have different, um, we have more wine on, on, on our list and uh, we'll have the specials on those wines as well. So it's difficult to say that the, um, at the moment we've, we've you know, we're out of rosé, we're out of Chardonnay, etc., and we're bottling those two next week. So if people want to get information on this, where do they find you to actually, where do they get the information from? We do have a website, but the website is being redone. Our shop, online shop is also, should be done by the end of this week, I hope. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, so you have, a, you, you have an online shop that's going to be done. And uh, okay, so we'll put the links on the website down in the description here. Yeah? Where are your wines being sold mostly locally? Yeah, we ex we export and local um, percentage, but we're probably about 50-50 or 60-40 um, export and um, our sort of biggest market is, and um, yeah, we, so Germany, Denmark, Holland, England, Africa, and then on the, on the local market, we, we sell, more, most of our sales are done directly from, our, we, in the beginning, we wanted to be everything to everybody and you wanted your wine to be all over, and uh, we, as things have changed, we've changed and now 
Okay. And I'm not saying it's the correct way or the or, or wrong way to do it, but for now, that's how we're doing it. Um, do you think local sales tourism environment? I see. Yeah. I think it's going to be very important. Obviously, if you have a certain size, export is very important. You don't think you'll be able to, although there are, there, I've heard stories of surprised you how much, what percentage they sell in the local market. So maybe I'm not as informed as I should be. Important. Um, the, if you think of, uh, let's say we have a few tourists, in the, although I've said that, I, th I think the tourism will come back quicker than we think. Um, but let's say it is important to be like probably more than ever to be, it has changed. You don't, I don't think you have to be available in every retail store. Yeah, online shop, we should have done that long ago. Um, it's, this has not, the situation now is not the same as during lockdown or not, you know, the coronavirus. Um, uh, nothing, nothing for the mayor. We do need to, we do need to improve on our marketing awareness. <laughs> Been around for 20, making wine for 22 years, and we still, I, I think we still, one of the, you know, we've got the social media, we, we, we have to improve on every, on that side of our, our business, largely. Um, we, as I say, I think we're still unknown, and uh, it's time to I think everybody's improve on our marketing. situation, right? And, and, and so, so that's, in, um, I mentioned that in wine marketing and that, so I think definitely it's going to, you know, if you look at um, what we're listening to, what those three companies are talking about, they were, if you're dealing with um, particularly the millennials, um, then it's, you have to speak to them and that's the way you speak to them. Um, it's not this traditional way of, you know, but it's the online. You can't not, you can't not get involved in, I think uh, you, you're going to, your business will die if you don't get them, don't attract them to your, your I mean, your wine journey has been quite a few years. What have you learned from your um, wine journey, personally? <laughs> It's been, uh, do you want the honesty? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a hard business. Um, I mean, no, not just not not saying it's a tough business. It's a very nice business to be involved in. I say from an industry rather, really nice. Uh, some really nice people, and uh, they talk. You know, you can, if you, in the wine business, you're part of the same tribe. I think no matter what, retail, journalism, etc., you all have a common um, a common interest, and uh, which is rather nice to be like that. From the business side, it's difficult. I think no matter what part of the business you're in, it's very capital intensive. Very people that have, like any industry, some are flying, I'm not saying the majority, coast along. Um, and please, everybody, don't try and be everything for everybody. I'm repeating myself there. It's so easy to get into the trap of um, someone's going blank and, uh, and you go, no, we don't. And then you think three months later, let's start producing one and sourcing one. It's, a, it's just, you, you, it's just too many, yeah, don't try and do everything. Oh, that's interesting. So I always ask everybody the same question. Um, do you have a favorite in the wine, in the wine industry? I, I don't have my, my own quote, but it's there, like in particular is, um, I don't know whose quote this is, is the art of winemaking is being able to practice your craft. If you can get that right, then you, you're doing okay. That's quite interesting. I've never heard that before. So that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's actually awesome. I'm not claiming that. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for talking to us. And Thank um, you. Yeah, thanks thanks for having you know, chatting to me. Thank you for supporting our show. If you would like to get more exposure for your business, please have a look at our sponsorship options. Thanks again for supporting About the Winelands. Please follow us on YouTube and on our social media channels. All details and links are in the description.